Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Roy here with you for the next hour at a packed hour of sport coming your way until 7pm. On the show tonight, going to get reaction from the FBI Cup Final, Derry City Crown Champions after a 4-0 win over Shelburne, the biggest win in FBI Cup history. We're also going to look back on Nemo's defeat last night to Clamwell Commercials in the AB Munster Club Championship. We're talking about the Chasing the Ball football sticker exhibition, which is happening here in Cork, uh, which is opening uh, this week. And we're going to talk to Christina Desmond, the Cork boxer, about her European Championship silver medal and her hopes for the Olympic Games in Paris in 2024. All that and more to come between now and 7 o'clock on the Big Red Bench. Really glad you could join us on this uh, miserable Sunday evening. It's been it's cold, wet, dark, proper wintry, wintry stuff. Um, but uh, glad you could join us on the Big Red Bench this morning. I was at the um, Thomas Kent 10K Castle, uh, in Castle Lines this morning. Um, torrential rain for that. I was just there as a spectator. Um, wasn't running today. But um, fair play to all the athletes um, who ran. Fantastic performances uh, from all of them, uh, especially considering those conditions. Cause it was cold, it was wet, it was windy. Uh, but a great race. Congratulations to all the volunteers and a really, really good atmosphere. Uh, around Castle Lines this morning looking forward to getting back running after uh, being out of action for uh, quite a bit so looking forward to getting back uh, pounding roads this week uh, so if you see me bent over wheezing double over not able to move yep you'll go that's Rory right we're going to look back on the uh, the FBI Cup um, 4-0 winners were Derry City over Shelburne today Ashton O'Reilly got a chance to watch this at the Aviva it's full time here at the Extra.ie FAI Cup Final Derry City 4 Shelburne nil. The atmosphere did not disappoint here at the Aviva Stadium. A proud day for Rory Higgins as Derry City are crowned the Cup Champions for 2022. A well-deserved victory as they dominated from start to finish here. Goals in the first half from Jamie McGonagall and Cameron McJarrett put them in a comfortable position going into the break. Derry started the second half as they left the first dictating the play and with 60 minutes gone on the clock Cameron McJarrett got his second of the day. The fourth goal of the game coming in the 91st minute. Jordan McInef, who just came off the bench, he won a penalty and slotted it home to really seal the deal for Derry City. Shelburne never really got going with not very many clear-cut chances and it is disappointment for manager Damien Duff. But what a great achievement to be here in his first year with a very young side. But it's Derry City's moment as they lift the FAI Cup trophy for the first time in a decade in front of the 32,412 supporters here today. The full-time score, Derry City 4, Shelburne nil. Huge win for the Candy Stripes today and uh, the biggest winning margin in FAI Cup history for Derry here from the Candy Stripes uh, a little bit later on in the show. It's uh, one piece between Fulham and Manchester United. Nigel Bidmead is watching this. Fulham won, Manchester United won the equaliser for the home side coming from substitute Dan James. He's only just got on the pitch. United giving the ball away. It arrived with uh, Tom Kearney and his low cross was uh, tapped in by Dan James. It's 1-1. One, one. A shout for a penalty for uh, Manchester United there wasn't given. Um, so United and Fulham level at a goal piece 75 minutes Aston Villa coming from behind to beat Brighton today in the Premier League Alan Lewis it's finished Brighton 1 Aston Villa 2 two goals from Danny Ings giving Villa a big win heading into the World Cup break Brighton took the lead inside the opening minute of this match when Alexis McAllister took advantage of some poor defending Villa levelled midway through the half though Ings scoring from the penalty spot after Lewis Dunk had brought down John McGinn Villa took the lead nine minutes into the second half though Ings grabbing his second aided by a cruel deflection off Levi Colwell Leandro Trosser came close to a Brighton equaliser they also had a big shout for a penalty and Colwell missed a glorious chance right near the end so Brighton missed the chance to go fifth Villa though have a nice cushion between themselves and the bottom three it's finished Brighton 1 Aston Villa 2 
Get a game state of bonds, of course. Junior A Football County final. Can Murray have beaten Cove 1 12 to 8 points in the Cup Superstores Junior A Hurling Championship uh, semi final today? Aaron Zone beating Ballinora 120 to 3 9. All Ireland Club Football Champions Kilcove made a positive start to their Ulster Championship campaign. The Down Champions beating Monaghan's Bally Bay by 214 24 214 to 1 7 in their quarter final clash in Clonus. Uh, Carrigan of Antrim overcame Donegal's Nave Connell and penalties. The sides played out a 2.13 apiece draw after extra time. Elsewhere in Connacht, Westport of Mayo suffered a 3.18 to 1.11 to Galway champions uh, Moy Cullen. Um, back in Ulster, actually, Glen of Derry beat Tyrone's uh, Erigal Kieran by 3.10 to 1.12. Munster, Herog of Clare beat the Nair of Waterford 3.11 to 5 points. Kilcarran Clamburn have retained the Connacht senior women's football title as the Galway champions beat Mayo's Borishul by 1.15 to 4 points in Charlestown today. Kilkenny's Bally held Shamrocks through to the Leinster Club Hurling Championship semi-finals. They beat Castletown Gagan of Westmeath 525 to 15 points. St. Mullins of Carroll 119 to 17 winners over Ferns, uh, Fern St. Aidens of Wexford. And Kilmacud Croaks of Dublin beat uh, Clough uh, Balacolla of Leash by 218 to 112 at Parnell Park. Uh, rugby, the death has been announced of former Munster head coach Jerry Holland. The 66-year-old was the province's first head coach of the professional era. He also represented Munster, Leinster and Ireland as a player applying his trade in the second row. Scotland came close to an historic first victory over New Zealand today in 32 meetings. They lost 31-23 this afternoon. They recalled out half Finn Russell kicked three penalties and a conversion for the hosts at Murrayfield. Gregor Townsend's men have one win, two defeats so far in this series. Basketball and the Big Cork Derby today. The address CCC Glanmire defeating I3PT for the Matthews in the National League 84-70 Singleton Super Valley Brunel losing out to Liffey Celtic 65-83 and the Brazilian Grand Prix just underway in August George Russell starting on pole position we are going to start the show with Gaelic Games going to look back on Nemo's defeat uh, to Clamel Commercials last night in the AIB Monster Club Football Championships uh, quarter final um, Clamel were just clinical last night uh, 2 15 uh, for Clan Mel, one eleven for Nemo Rangers. Um, a good, good win for the Tipperary side last night under the lights in Porky Cueve. Jeremy McCarthy there for us got a chance to speak to Nemo boss Paula Donovan. Okay, Paula Donovan. Obviously not the result of performance that you were looking for, but um, on tonight it's a disappointing result. It's disappointing for Nemo, but it's been a long year, and there are things that people have to take a step back and remember and what you've achieved in your centenary year. But first of all, your impression of Clanmel commercials because they played really well tonight. They did, and I suppose I'd, I'd only, I haven't seen them in the flesh this year, and I normally like to see a team in the flesh, but um, I saw a couple of videos of them, and it certainly weren't as sharp as they were tonight, but like ourselves in the in the Cork Championship, it's all about being sharp on the right day, and um, we did it in the county final two weeks ago. Um, I, 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 not, I don't want to take from their performance, no, because they were outstanding, but we weren't as sharp as we mm. could have been or should have been, and when that happens then, um, and one team is on at the pitch of the game and the other isn't then you're, you're going to get those results but all we can do is congratulate them we have to go back lick our wounds and, and hopefully get back to this point again Cork Championship is difficult to win but look we just roll up our sleeves and go at it um, the two goals they came at bad times there's no good time for goals to come against you but they came at a time when you were each time you were just getting back into it yeah I suppose the, the goals are, are crucial in games um, they got two they created two they took them in fairness to Michal A made a great save from yeah. another one um, but look uh, at the end of the day and they got the two goals at critical times as you say we were edging back into it they got a second one started edging back into it again but they managed to keep that cushion then right to the end in fairness to them um, at the start of the second half we clawed it back to two and then they went mm. up as field and score but when you're pushing up the field like that it's going to create gaps in your own uh, back line and in fairness to them uh, they exploited those gaps you talked about sharpness. They had a four-week gap coming into this. You didn't because you had hurling commitments as well. I mean, is that something you look when you get time to look at it? Ah, uh, yeah. Look, it's not ideal, but look, we're we're a hurling football club. So if we're we wanted our hurlers to win last week and keep the momentum going, um, I suppose having a six-day turnaround to try and get ready for that um, standard of game is isn't ideal. But um, in fairness, lads, I can't fault our guys. Um, we weren't at our best, but we never stopped trying, and that's encouraging for me. Mm. Uh, when you're involved in the team, all you can do is ask for everything. And when you get that, then you can't complain. Indeed, you can't. Listen, it's been a fantastic centenary year for you. You finished here as a Premier Senior Champions. On behalf of everybody at Corkstreet FM, thanks for all the access you've given us to you and the players this year. C- commiserations tonight, obviously. But we go again next year? 
Uh, well, you won't be back next year without Paula Donovan will be there is another question. OK, we'll give you a bit of time on that one. But listen, thanks very much, Paul. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, Paula Donovan giving nothing away there talking to uh, Jermac after last night's uh, defeat to Clonmel Commercials. Uh, a deserved win for the Tipperary side. Let's hear from their manager, Tommy Morrissey. Uh, Tommy Morrissey, manager of the successful Clonmel Commercials. First of all, hearty congratulations. As a manager and with your backroom team, whatever about the result, that performance, I mean, the, from, from the first minute from the get-go, you were on it. You must be thrilled with the way your, your, your players play tonight. Definitely. Like, in, around Tipperary, there's been questions asked us that. Where you're only playing for 10, 15 minutes. They're not really performing for the hour. People were saying, coming down here, you won't get away with that against Nemo. But as a management team, as a group, we knew there was a full performance in us for what was needed. So it's no surprise to me, um, as management, as part of the management team, that we, we worked hard on this performance for the last four weeks. So to see it pay off is absolutely brilliant. Goals win games, you know better than anybody, you got them at the right time, but not alone that, whenever Nemo seemed to get it back to three points, he had an answer. You, that must have really pleased you more than anything else. Yeah, like at half time we had a conversation. We knew the two goals were big, but we knew Nemo could come out and do the exact same thing to us, so we said to ourselves, right guys, important we don't concede one early, and that if they get a point, or need to re- we need to react to that, and the guys did that. They got two, Nemo got two at the start, we responded with two, so to see that response, it's just leaders amongst the group, so it was absolutely brilliant to see. Yeah, like you're up against Nemo Rangers, Cork Champions. You knew what you were going to be up against tonight. You knew what Paula Donovan, what they've done in this county, but you had your homework done, which yeah. is a real credit to you and your backroom team as well. Yeah, like to be straight with you, it was a huge advantage having the gap for four weeks in our County Final. Our first two weeks were preparing ourselves, and then we said, right, come down here, we'd look at the County Final. We knew, I, I was saying it coming down, Nemo won't. People were saying Finbar's going to win it, and I, to be honest with you, on the day was focusing more on Nemo. We were able to properly concentrate on him, get the video analysis, look at them in depth, and I think you can see it paid off. And just finally, as I said to your captain just a minute ago, there's nothing to fear here now. The club is on the up. A lot of things happening with your ladies' football team. Your underage section is going well. Why not? Yeah, look, I've been saying a long time about this group of players. They're extremely unique. They've won a hell of a lot underage. They've won a hell of a lot at adult level. And now it's just a case of kicking on, and I believe we can kick on. Well, congratulations and all the best, man. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, it's Tommy Morrissey there, uh, Clonmel's uh, manager. Very, very happy man after last night's win over Nemo. Uh, let's hear, if, actually, it's just a one apiece still between Fulham and Manchester United with 84 minutes on the clock. The last game of the Premier League season before the World Cup kicks off next week. Um, with zero buzz or anticipation by the looks of things, but that's an, another story for another day. Uh, let's hear from the uh, Clamels, Captain Jamie Peters. Uh, Captain Jamie Peters, first of all, congratulations. Terrific performance tonight from everybody that started and everybody that came on. You must be thrilled, first of all, with that display. Yeah. <laughs> Delight, delighted, yeah, delighted. Weren't, weren't, weren't. <laughs> uh, weren't. We knew we had that in us. Like, we always know we have it in us. It's just a matter of um, putting that performance in. Um, Joe, I think the comment was made all right when we got the fixture that it was going to be on telly down in Cork, kind of. There's a few lads inside, love that, other lads don't, but them boys definitely um, definitely showed up today, like Nemo or a class act. So you can see when they got to space, the damage they did. Um, you know, you don't have to run in the tradition they have if you can't produce it when you're down. And they were producing at times, it's just we got the breaks, probably got the goals that gave us that little bit of a window throughout the game. And, um, so yeah, look, massively delighted. But look, sure, look, there's no cup yet. Um, we'll take it as we have it. Yeah, and you, as you said, uh, no cup yet, but from your own point of view, those two first half goals and the way you got in behind Nemo's defence, very few teams managed to do that, but you had a game plan, you stuck to it, and it worked. Yeah, we did. Look, we, we, we four weeks off from the county final, and um, we had our homework done. We did, we did our. Though, look, it's modern modern football now. You Even in club games, they're analysed down to a T, and so we had Nemo, we, we'd analysed them a good bit. Um, so it doesn't win a game, but it sets you in a good, good, um, good place, and then you have. So you have the likes of Michael, Jack, Connell, them boys running at you. It's very hard to stop. It doesn't matter how good you are, really. If them boys get ahead of steam at you, it's very hard to stop. Big open pitch as well. We kind of always say that if we, if we get an open pitch, a big pitch, it suits us down to the ground. Not all of us, but some of the boys carry a lot of pace. <laughs> and, um, so no, look, yeah, look, we, 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 aim to, we didn't aim for two goals to come in like that. We weren't planning on hitting them with goals. or nothing like that. We just said we'd go at them. Yeah. Um, I know in 19, we... Nemo played very well in 19 but we felt ourselves we were disappointed we didn't perform probably more disappointed we didn't perform rather than we actually lost the game um, losing to Nemo is no shame if we lost to Nemo and played relatively well you'd walk away and you'd be happy enough um, but when you don't perform and you know you can perform it kind of it, it, it eats you a small bit um, so that was the one thing we say coming down whatever happens so we were going to perform and we did but look um, Joe I'm sure there's a few Newcastle West boys looking at us there um, so They'll have their homework done then, but we'll do our homework as well. Um, and look, we, we, look we're just on to the next game now. 
Yeah, and just finally, like a boost for not not that you necessarily needed, but the boost of coming to Cork, as you said, beating Nemo Rangers with their reputation and the manner in which he did it tonight. That's the key thing. The manner in which he did it, really, really, really attractive football, game plan, everything working. You have a real chance here. Ah, we do, we do, but I suppose when you get to this stage of the championship, it doesn't really matter who you come against, they're the county champions, so they're going to be good either way, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's in what province it's in, but we'll go and look, we'll give it our best shot and we'll do exactly what we did today, we'll go in and just aim to put in a performance and whatever happens, happens if we get, if we put in a performance and we're bet by the next crowd or the crowd after, so we shake hands, we'll walk away and that'll be, that'll be it, but look, we'll enjoy tonight, we'll definitely enjoy tonight anyway, um, our, our lady footballers are in the Munster final tomorrow, so we wish them best of luck and our under-19s are in the county final the final week, so there's plenty going on in the club, a lot of Positives. So look, we enjoy the good times over here. They don't last for long. Excellent. Congratulations. All the best in the rest of the championship. Cheers. Thanks. Take care. That's Jimmy Peters there of Clamwell Commercials after uh, last night's win over Nemo. Let's hear uh, one more from uh, Clamwell. Uh, Jason Oregon was their man of the match. Uh, Jason, hearty congratulations. Fantastic performance tonight from Clamwell Commercials. Fully deserved this victory. You must be absolutely thrilled with that performance, first of all. Absolutely thrilled, but I'd say half the team can barely stand after that, after that game. But yeah, look. We're thrilled. We had a game plan. We stuck to it. Uh, when Nemo got a bit of a got a bit of a purple patch there, we just we stuck to our guns and it, uh, it paid off in the end. Um, you looked like the game plan, as you said, was working right from the off. You got two goals in the first half. Yep. They were crucial because they gave you the platform to go and win it. Yeah, look, I suppose we we done we done hours and hours of work on on Nemo and the way we wanted to play it today. Like we said it after the county final against Upper Church that we we weren't going to leave any stone unturned. And in all fairness, our management. Like they've really worked us hard over the last month, and I think it showed there with our fitness. I think, like lads, like you know, we, we like we were still running there on the on the on the the, the 66 minutes where we're still going. A um, lot of respect for Tipperary football, inside Tipperary and now outside as well. When you see performance like that, you've no reason to fear anybody else in this championship. Yeah, I suppose. Look, I suppose uh, we we played Nemo back in 2015. We played him again in 2019, and I suppose it, it probably it probably it probably shows that 2015 wasn't a fluke. And that tip football is serious, I suppose, outside of Tipperary, you know. So, yeah, look, we're just delighted with that. And just finally, please, with your own performance, player of the match, and fully deserved? Yeah, look, again, to be honest with you, if, 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 if I didn't even kick a score, I think you're man of the match, and we won today, it wouldn't bother me. Congratulations, all the best for the rest of the championship. Great stuff, thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations indeed to, to Clamwell Commercials, and a very best luck to them for the rest of the Munster Championship. Uh, Fulham and Manchester, it looks like it's going to peter out to a one-all draw. It's lethargy to be honest I think they were just waiting for the full time whistle to go and then move on to, to World Cup mode um, we are going to talk football now and Marco Joachini joined Aidan in studio to discuss the opening of the Chasing the Ball football sticker exhibition here in Cork Gianni Bellini is one of the world's biggest collectors he's loaned his collection to the Italian Institute of Culture here in Ireland it opens tomorrow St Peter's runs until December 7th uh, here's Marco chatting with Aidan Okay, I'm joined uh, in studio here now by uh, Marco Joachini as uh, there is a really interesting um, exhibition in Cork next weekend. Uh, Gianni Bellini is one of the world's biggest collectors of football stickers and he's loaned his collection to the Italian Institute of Culture in Dublin for the exhibition at St. Peter's in Cork. It opens Sunday, November 13th and uh, Marco has joined us in studio to talk to us about the exhibition. Uh, Marco, I suppose, could you tell us about how this this all kicked off, how the ball got rolling on this and um, how, how it came to pass that, that Gianni has loaned the, his collection to, uh, to the uh, Italian Institute of Culture in Dublin? Yes, actually, you said right. Uh, Gianni is the, the most important collector of stickers and trade cars in the world. And uh, we contacted the Stickers Museum in Modena, which is uh, a great institution uh, uh, in, in Italy. And uh, they had a contact with uh, Gianni Bellini. So we decided to loan uh, some materials, original materials from the, ex- uh, from the World Cups 1990, 1994 and 2002. And so the result is a great exhibition with a lot of albums and a lot of stickers. Yeah, it's it, it, it's uh, it's funny because I suppose my generation wouldn't really have been stickers collectors. We had match attacks right back in back in that uh, in around the the the, the noughties, I suppose. But it it was an important pastime um, back in you know the the nineties. As we said, it's from uh, Italian ninety USA ninety four and uh, two thousand and two World Cup as well. And it, it was a massive pastime uh, back in that time. 
Yes, it's a pity that new generation do not collect the stickers because uh, it was a very, very uh, beautiful uh, habit to have these stickers. I remember where the family could buy them and so then share them and so on. Uh, actually, yes, uh, the stickers history uh, dates back to the uh, 19th century. And in Italy, we have a great industry of stickers uh, and uh, um, the main industry of stickers dates also in the late 60s of the 20th century. So um, my personal experience with stickers, uh, I had, of course, uh, many albums and stickers albums and football uh, was the main collection that I that I had in, in, in the past. I was 13 when uh, the 1990 was uh, in Rome and uh, I remember very well the, the atmosphere. I remember very well the, the stickers. So... Italian 90, I suppose, was a huge cultural event in Ireland, but also obviously in Italy, um, where the World Cup actually took place. It's funny, there's, there's a, an Irish sports writer uh, from the time, his name is Con Hulhan. He said he missed Italian 90 because he was in Italy at the time, because it, it was such fun back in Ireland. But I can't imagine what it must have been like in around Rome, as he said, during Italian 90. And I suppose that famous match then with Toto Scalacci broke Irish hearts. But tell us about, uh, as you said, you were 13 at the time. Tell us about that whole experience. Yes, there was a great ex expectation for uh, 90, uh, ex the edition of 1990 because Italy came from um, eight years ago. They won the, the, the cup. Uh, the last edition in 86 in uh, uh, Argentina, I remember, uh, there was a very uh, disappointment. And then we had the great expectation for hosting the uh, the, new, the World Cup. Uh, finally, the, there was a very big uh, um, work in uh, I mean in in the country they rebuilt all the stadiums so there was a very great atmosphere over there we believed that Italy could win and it was a very great disappointment to see that uh, we lost again Argentina actually in Naples in the stadium where Maradona was uh, in at, at home there so there was a mix of um, uh, feelings uh, sharing and of course it was the first uh, match against uh, Ireland we shared a great uh, uh, match with a lot of uh, agonism and so on and uh, yes uh, Toto Schilacci was the main character the main protagonist of that edition both from the Italian and unfortunately for the Irish side yeah, he's a funny character because that, that World Cup was, it was like his whole career was just encapsulated in that four weeks. You know, he never really hit the ground running outside of that. But like, there will be stickers of him on show. Will you have to keep them inside a glass cage just in case anyone tries to try, tries to attack him or anything? Uh, it's a funny, uh, yes, it's a funny history because well, I'm here um, since uh, last August, I mean, 2021. And uh, I uh, um, suddenly have been told that uh, Totoski Lachi was very famous here. I mean, it depends on how famous probably is detested or beloved, I don't know. But uh, yes, it's very well known here. So uh, I can say that we contacted, of course, Skilachi. Let's see if, you, if he can come, not this opening, but the next one in Dublin. But anyway, uh, it will be a great occasion also for meeting him. Probably is not that bad as uh, you can describe him. Absolutely. Um, it's funny that, you know, there's a lot of memories like off the football pitch from Italia 90, even the opening concert, you know, Pavarotti and, and all of that. Like it was a great showcase of, of Italian culture as well. Yes, uh, um, it was one of the first edition where the countries uh, wanted actually to showcase the heritage uh, itself. After that, all the other countries, all the other edition became a lot a sort of showcase of the country of the culture as well. Uh, USA 94 was the first time played in the US and it was the first time in a country where actually football was not that much loved. And so there was also a commercial uh, Purpose to insert to introduce football, uh, soccer, as they say, uh, in the US. Um, yes, if for Italy was also a great opportunity to uh, to show that uh, we are a beautiful country, not only for food but also for for football. It's funny. There's such a, a close link between Irish, Ireland, and Italy in football. Even you know, you think of Euro 2016, and you know. 
uh, very kindly letting us uh, letting us defeat Italy to get through the next round of the Euro 2016 but like even Liam Brady went over there and played he was probably maybe the most he's probably the most uh, famous Irish footballer in Italy yes. and also then Giovanni Trapattoni ends up as, as Ireland manager and they're all included as well in the collection Yes they are included as well in this collection there will, there will be sections describing those characters those football players and those um, coaches that that uh, share the common uh, history between Ireland and Italy. Actually, the main purpose of the uh, of the exhibition is not only to describe how that uh, um, edition were, but also to make a link to 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 connect Italy and Ireland in uh, in this field as well, because we share a lot of things, uh, especially in those three editions where Ireland played the the final stage of the. Of the World Cup, even even in uh, in USA '94, Ireland initially came up against each other again, and like that, it joined stadium as well in New York. Like there, there couldn't have been a better city to have that game with, like literally the hub of uh, American Irish and American Italian uh, culture as well. Yes, it's uh, it's true. Uh, there will not better city to to have this match, and it, it, what I say, it's common heritage, common roots. I also mean that because Italy and Ireland, they, we share common history in the last century. So that could be also a key for reading this kind of exhibition uh, there are plenty of uh, stickers of Italy, of Ireland uh, both of the teams, we will see the, the results of the match you will see uh, also there is a, an interesting uh, we call it um, timeline something like that, that describes the history also, the stickers uh, collection uh, starting from the late 19th century uh, up to today so you can also understand how it developed and there is also a small booklet uh, featuring some of the main stickers of Ireland and Italy that you can bring for free I I, I presume there's a hope excuse me I presume there's a hope that by going to see this maybe like that you know uh, a father bringing their children or a mother bringing their children to see the exhibition and uh, showing them you know what they used to do back in the day might inspire a younger generation now especially with the World Cup coming up uh, next month that, well next week nearly two weeks time uh, that it might inspire a younger generation to, to, to take it up again and to start collecting um uh, I spoke with uh, Gianni Bellini. He was very keen on this uh, point because he he he, he thinks that uh, collecting stickers will never die, despite you say that uh, young generation do not do it. But of course, uh, there is a hope that young generation can also uh, share the moments of um, of the. Uh, um, of the uh, collections. I mean, when you buy. Um, a sticker um, bag. How do you say in English? A packet, I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a sticker pack. Then you have this hope that you will find some stickers that you don't have. Something that um, is not so easy to explain. Uh, and then you can share at school. You can share with other uh, friends. You can share. Do you have this one? Do you have? That? And finally, you will complete your album. It's uh, it's an experience that now uh, you cannot do it by tablet or phone. I mean, so I hope that that also a new generation will do it again uh, Chasing the Ball is the is the name of the event tell us how people can get there where it's on and uh, the dates that they can go see it yes the opening uh, evening will be on Sunday as you said at 4 o'clock uh, it's free of charge of course free attendance so um, everyone can come and the uh, the exhibition will be open starting from Monday to Saturday uh, from 10 to 5 uh, until the 7th of December in Cork St. Peter's uh, Exhibition Hall in North Main uh, Street um, then we will move to Dublin, uh, to the Dublin Castle, and we'll showcase the exhibition from the 5th of January to the 22nd of January at Printworks Building inside the Dublin Castle. 
Marco, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about the exhibition. I really do encourage everyone to go see it um, and, and reminisce in those memories of uh, both both Italian and Irish people need a bit of reminiscing in World Cup memories as the two of us won't be there uh, in a couple of weeks' time in Qatar, unfortunately. But Marco, thanks again for joining us on The Bigger Bench. Thank you very much and I hope you see you in the exhibition. With the big red bench on Cork, Shred FM, and there is Marco Joachini there uh, speaking about the Chasing the Ball football circuit exhibition, which just opened in Cork, St. Peter's on uh, North Main Street. Looking forward to getting in uh, to check that out. Um, I said just before I went into that interview that the United and Fulham game was just going to peter out, and it looked like everyone just turned their attentions to the World Cup with a couple of minutes to go. Well, shows what I know. Fulham one, Manchester United two. The United players are in the centre circle, all surrounding Alejandro Garnacho. He scored the winner in stoppage time after playing a 1-2 with Christian Eriksen. Hard lines on Fulham, who were the better side in the second half. United took the lead on 14 through Christian Eriksen, a tap-in for his first goal of the club. Fulham well worth their equaliser in the second half. Dan James, who'd only just come on as a substitute, converting Tom Kearney's cross. But the last word belonged to Garnacho. Fulham 1, Manchester United 2. All right, up next we're talking to our pal Christina Desmond. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Well, I was delighted to catch up with Christina Desmond, our old pal, to talk about her European Championship silver medal recently and uh, her plans for the Olympics in two years' time. Really, really interesting chat with Christina, as always. Uh, And this is me in conversation. All right, delighted to be joined on the Big Red Bench today by our good friend and now European silver medalist, Christina Desmond. Christina, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much indeed. Um, I'd imagine the last couple of weeks, Christina, have just been an absolute whirlwind for you. Yeah, uh, they've been absolutely crazy. Um, I flew home on the 23rd of October and uh, I went back to work straight away and it's just been little since. There's not been a day that I've had a break, but um, it's great, a good complaint. How have you found like combining like training to such an elite level that you are at and then combining that with the demands of a 40-hour work week as well? Yeah, it's been it's been hard to be honest with you. Um, I probably am burning the cans of both ends to be fair, but um, it's it's worked this time. I don't think it's going to work forever. I'll have to make a decision, but um, yeah, it's it's torture because it's shift work, so it's night night shifts and hmm. and long day shifts, they're twelve hour shifts, so you don't be in much mind to go training after them. But um, no, it's it's been good. I I've gotten good support from work, so I'm I'm lucky enough. Yeah, fantastic stuff. There was an interview you did with irishboxing.com that said you wanted to, to quit a month uh, before you got the medal. I mean, like, what was the mindset, I suppose, going into the championships? Was it just the pressures of work and training that was getting on top of you? Um, yeah, so uh, the start of this year, uh, things were going well for me. I was training hard. Um, I went to the multi nations in um, April and I boxed against... Um, a few very good girls and I won the gold medal at that tournament and um, that's the golden belt tournament in Romania so I won that out so I was going very well in my own opinion and um, I was fit I was ready I, was, I wasn't at that fit in, in a number of years so I was very happy um, and the world championships were on in May so they were going to pick a team for that the start of May so um, they flew us out to Italy for a training camp and you know I, I presumed I would be probably on the team and then they told me that they were going to box me off with another girl um at the same weight and pick, mm. pick, pick one of us so they did that and I wasn't really too happy about that you know I don't really spar well um, you know some people don't spar well they're better in a fight so um, I, you know they know that I've been with them with years they're my train they've been my Irish coaches with years and so yeah I didn't get picked for the team the world championships and um, I flew home that day when they picked the other girl and um yeah, didn't want to, but I actually, the first week back, I was like, right, I'll stay boxing, I'll stay training, and I was grand for about a week, and then just it all fell apart. I didn't want to be boxing, hated boxing, um, hated the, the politics of boxing, because it's fairly bad, yeah. but it's in every sport. And um, yeah, I didn't do much over the summer, I tipped away, my father got very sick, so my main goal was to focus on family life. And uh, I realised that there was a lot more to, sport, to life than sport, and that there was things that I had to be responsible for now that I'm an adult so um, yeah it was very tough it was between work and home in Kulvukig in Cork and um, 
it was a tough number of months. So I got back to boxing, I suppose, middle of August. Um, I got a fight in England um, against the... A, girl, a good girl from America so uh, that was due for September so I said you know what I'll just get back into it, train hard for that and focus on that you know put my sights on something because it's very hard to train without a fight Yeah. and uh, yeah so I trained for that and went over fought very well and um, then about two weeks later a week maybe a week later I got a call to say well am I fit and am I ready to go on the team so at the start I was like you know what they can go away and leave me alone you know I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to know about it I was I was in the middle of a night shift actually the same night and um, when they rang and I thought about it and I came home and I spoke to my family and friends and my partner and we just said no why not and I decided to go for me and to just train hard get back into it and get my body in good shape and um, whatever the outcome then we'll take that you know a good performance is all I wanted and I went out and got four good performances and a silver medal so um, <laughs> I can't really complain about that now no <laughs> um, yeah I mean like going over there like considering I suppose the year that you've had I mean like there was probably like zero expectation on you is that fair to say and did you put any expectation on yourself then I had no expectations to be mm. honest around June time I did not want to know anything about boxing and I hated when people asked me about it because my my mental health was low I didn't want to be there I didn't want to know about it and um, I got no support from the boxing association or from, from I won't say the boxing association but from the high performance unit or anything like that and um, you know you're, you're boxing at a high international level and then to be just dropped and uh, I was blamed on my job which I thought was ridiculous you know I trying to get a career for myself and trying to better myself and um, I do feel boxing gets left down on that side of things yeah. that any other athletes have a job and and, or, and train at the same time and the boxers can't and I just want if I, if I could do anything I, w- I would like to change that that um, frame of mind in the boxing so yeah I I don't I didn't mind that you know there, I had no expectations no one did want or did think I was going to come out with a medal and um Every fight that I went on, I thought I thought I got better, and um, you know, I the, the final was close. It could have gone either way. She's a very good girl. She's very, very good. Mm. She has a lot of titles won. So um, no, I, I I proved proved a lot of people wrong, and I did it for myself. So I'm very proud of that. Are you getting that support from the high performance unit now that you've got the silver medal? Um, yeah, they are. Um, they are supporting me. Um, I'm hoping that they'll understand now that I have a job and I'm hoping my job will understand that I have boxing but um, and I'm, I'm, at, I'm, I'm in a profession that you know is, is time consuming and, and it's, it's a, a serious yeah. job it's a hard so I understand that too but um, yeah they've been alright to me yeah, but you know they, they could have lost a good boxer there back in June <laughs> and they certainly wouldn't they wouldn't have had that silver medal as well I mean like the performance of that Irish team at the European Championships Christine was just absolutely staggering wasn't it Unbelievable! It was a great team. Um, we just got on very well. Uh, I was probably the, actually I'm the most experienced on the team. I've been on it the longest, even over Kelly Harrington. So uh, for me, coming back on the team was strange because they were all new, um, and they're all very good girls. So um, yeah, we I feel I felt we bonded very well. Um, we had our own routines and we got on. We all we all supported each other. If there was ever a problem, we'd we'd back each other and help each other and. And that's, I know boxing is an individual sport, but we go through a number of different um, feelings and emotions and we all feel the same way. So um, I feel this time around, we were just all there for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent two weeks in Turkey at a, on a training camp with the Turkish team and the, uh, the Dutch team. And oh my God, it was tough. Like the, the conditions were far from good. Um, the rooms weren't great. The food wasn't great. It got better over time. We just asked for plain chicken and pasta. That's all we had for the whole. I lost a bit of weight um, in the first two days um, because the, the food wasn't right. But we, we got there in the end and we just took it out. We we helped each other through it and uh, we got there. And then we flew to Montenegro, obviously, with a week before tournament out there. And, you know, we, we all bonded together. And I do feel that that's what brought the medals on you know we, we had a good strong um, mindset going to it and uh, seven medals out of ten and three guys that didn't medal uh, lost to eventual winners on split decisions and, and on close fights so 
Um, it was incredible. It was it was it was great to be part of it. Whatever about winning a silver medal would be part. Of it. <laughs> And, brilliant. Yeah, and you room with Kelly Harrington as well. I mean, like her life has just changed so much over the last couple of years, but she seems to have remained the exact same person that has come up all the way. Um, has she been giving you, is she a good person, I suppose, to turn to it for advice and things like that? Uh, yeah, she has. Um, I've been her roommate since I was 16. Um, that tournament didn't go too well for her back back in the day. Um, I came home with a bronze and she got stopped <laughs> in, a, in a fight for a medal, I think, and uh, got stopped badly. She'll, she'll recall herself that. So from from then to come on to now, it's just been incredible. And um, I, I'm very, very good friends with her. I'm very lucky to call her my friend. And uh, I suppose the two of, each, two of us give each other advice and, and help. And um, yeah, to, to just look up and see what she can do with her life. And um how, how hard she trains and you know I, I can do the exact same so yeah I'm very lucky to have her um, as such a good friend yeah exactly yeah um, just on the championships themselves you obviously had a number of very tough fights is there one fight in particular that, that kind of stands out um, I actually felt that the first fight it, like, it was harder as it at the start and it, it got easier as it went on but I, I think that's just to do with the pressure and um you know the expectations on myself because I, I wanted to do well, obviously. But um, the first girl was an awkward girl, the Ukrainian. Um, I had fought Ukraine in the Golden Belt in April, so I didn't know was it her or not. So um, I eventually found out it wasn't. And uh, this girl actually was a pro boxer, so I wasn't really looking forward to the fight now because Ukrainians are normally just go forward and they, they don't stop; like they're just mm. fit and they're engine and uh, they hit hard. So. Uh, they may not be the best technical boxer, but they can. They'll keep coming. So I was dreading it. Like I just didn't want. Didn't want my first fight, and that's who I got. You know, it's not not easy. Yeah. So I suppose I went in a turn, and she tried to stifle my work. She tried to jump on top of me. I couldn't get any punches off, and it was frustrating. So, um, I, I did. I did catch her a few times that I, I I knew I was comfortably winning. You know, it was it wasn't like that, but it was just a, a hard fight physically. Um, and then I went on when I beat her. I went on to fight the Swedish girl. She's six foot two or three, and she's a strong girl, very strong girl. Uh, the first round against her, she hit me with a backhand, and one of my eyes went blurry. And I was like, "Oh my god, snap out of it!" You know, like don't don't walk into that again. And um, then about thirty seconds later, she hit me again and into the other eye. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I'm going." out here but I uh, know I came around and I, I, I was happy I was comfortable enough after that so that was the medal fight won the medal mm. and um, yeah it, it got easier from there and the the fight the semi-final against the Italian was was a, was a, was an alright fight yeah. I sparred her I her well um, and I knew my backhand would, would work once once I got her third so um, went in all guns blazing and, and did that and then the last round was just picking her off with my backhand so um and yeah, I knew that the girl in the final, the Armenian, was going to be the toughest girl in my weight. Obviously, she'd come through. She'd stopped a few girls on the other side of the draw. Um, I know she had a backhand that would knock me out. So my tactics were, she's very good in close. So my tactics were to stay back and fight long and wait as she comes and hit her with the backhand because she was open first. And she didn't do what she's done for years. It's come forward. She went backwards and she went down the back foot. And yeah. I did what to do I I was like oh my god Like, so I was afraid to go in she was afraid to go in so both of us were actually afraid of each other's backhands so. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway I, I, I didn't think I it, it was my fight to win in the, the fight but maybe when I look back on it it was it was there to take and it was a split decision and um, I, I could have got the decision to be fair but um, I wasn't robbed it was a close fight mm. and uh, a brilliant competitive fight and uh that, that was probably the easiest fight for me because it was it wasn't as physical as the rest of them and it was more boxing rather than brawling right. and uh, that I kind of like and when I get off my clean shots I hurt and I did hurt her at a did, I think there was a period of 30 seconds where she just didn't throw a punch she was a bit bamboozled but I should I should have worked then that, that was just a little bit of experience I just let let my guard down I suppose mm. um, obviously losing a split decision in uh, at the gold medal fight is obviously going to be disappointing but at what point does disappointment turn to pride and like you've won a silver medal at the European Championships yeah um, 
I suppose it's kind of like that now since I've got such a good reception coming home and I we flew on the Sunday as I said and I went back to work so I was I was kind of I was alone here on the Monday morning um, I I live in Dungarvan and Watford now for work so I was kind of alone I didn't have my family around and I was like I watched the fight back and I was just so disappointed with myself I was like why didn't you do it you know like that was your chance to take a gold medal and there were so many thoughts going through my head and I just was so disappointed but um then the Wednesday night I went home to Cork and the reception was just incredible in my own little parish and you know that's what that's what that's what makes the difference and I can bring the medal home and my father is fitting well now so you know that's the, it's the little things and at the end of the day I'm after bringing home a silver medal not, not many can say that I think I'm the only in Cork to say that so um, I'll take it I'll, I'll take this for now and I'm only 26 I'm young you know yeah. there's there's a lot in me yet hopefully <laughs> certainly is um, when you're wrapped up in that kind of suppose um, bubble of being away um, at a tournament like this are you aware of the support from at home in Kulavuki and Kilimartra and the wider core community as a whole yeah Jesus I was I I knew about it I was on my social media obviously I wasn't doing much replying or anything but um, I was seeing all of the support Um it was incredible. Oh my God. And then on top of it, all the rest of the girls were like, oh my God, Tina, like Cork is after coming out to support you. Like they're everywhere on every comment, on every post, even from, you know, the IBA post, everyone was like supporting me and they just couldn't believe it. And, you know, that, that made me, them saying that to, to me was just incredible because they were noticing the support that I was getting. And um, yeah, like, not alone just Park, but my little parish were just top class. I think they had the best session weekend in a long while. Uh, they were in the pub from Friday to Sunday, I think, <laughs> because of me. So few <laughs> uh, early days and there was um, people finishing work and all. And uh, yeah, TJ Cahar went to the local pub for the semi-final and the reactions. And uh, my father rang me to see what time my fight was actually at that day because TJ Cahar was coming to the pub and I ate him. Like, I did not want to know about it. You know, I was in my zone, fight zone and he was telling me this. I was not happy, but I had to ring him back and say sorry. <laughs> but when you're in fight zone, you're, you're you're cranky and you don't want to know anything about anything else, you know. So um, he, he knew himself that he'd done wrong to be fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they watched it in the pub and it was just so nice to see. You know, that's a pub I used to work in um, and... It's ran by my neighbours and all. So it's just so close to home and, and uh, they're all so good. Uh, and when you're at work then, Dungarvan, in the uniform, I suppose, there are people aware that a European silver medalist is, uh, is, is the, the guard standing in front of them. No, some some do. I, I am getting a few comments, all right, to be fair. Um, but I, there's a few actually different plans in the station and they all get it at times. Like, <laughs> the boss. I actually feel sorry for them because um, you would have a few cheeky lads trying to trying to take take the piss out of you I suppose so um, yeah I am getting it a bit um, I'm actually in plain clothes at the moment so um, that's confusing them completely they just don't understand but um, yeah the, like Dungarvan's a boxing town so um, to bring back a medal to, to Dungarvan as well as is, uh, has been good and uh, I've got great support in fairness mm. and uh, the station has been top class so I got a great reception returning to work on the Monday but uh, it didn't last long I was back into it and I wanted to take it easy for the two nights but it was far from easy it was a hectic two nights so um, no it's good it's it's nice to know that they have my back but um, they don't make I don't have a big head from them anyway I can tell you that much <laughs> and Christine I suppose like your medal success and I suppose your success all throughout your career is um, a, a source of inspiration for all the, the young um Cork women boxers that are coming up the ranks the likes of Lauren Crinion Leanne Murphy um, and Katie O'Keefe the likes of those boxers there's a very strong pool of Irish female bo- or Cork female boxers coming up at the moment Absolutely uh, when I started I had nobody and all through the years I've had no one um, at, at my level and or, or below it and now the girls are just doing incredible like you know I've been watching them throughout their, all, all their tournaments and even the tournaments here in Ireland and like watching them and watching where I was at their age, I was nowhere near their level. Like, you know, so for them to be at that level now is just incredible and they're doing top class. And, um, you know, I have another few years left in me, so I will probably be up against them girls and, and I don't look forward to that. Um, uh, they're, you know, they're they're an inspiration to their schools and to their to other girls in their um, uh, years and, you know, their schools. So, um, 
yeah, they're they're doing great, and uh, I hope that they keep keep it up because that's the only thing with female boxing or female anything, female any sports, is that it's hard to keep them in the sport, um, yeah. and uh, it can be tough um, after sixteen, seventeen. So I hope that they all stay at it, and uh, I hope that we'll all be going away on a tr- trip together. Bring them stuff in a few. <laughs> um, the big question, Christine, is I suppose is is Paris in twenty twenty four, and and I suppose your hopes of qualifying qualifying for that, or do you even want to go through the qualification process because it's going to be so intense? I suppose over the next year or so. Well, yeah, the goal is always Olympics. Obviously, um, I've missed it twice and small margins, and um, there's been reasons for that. So. Um, yeah, obviously I'd love to qualify. I'll have to drop weight um, to do that. It's uh, they're after changing the weights. Like the boxing is just incredibly difficult. You must jump through hoops before. You know they don't think about the boxer at all at all. Um, and yeah, with national championships in January again, not thinking about the boxer. Uh, Christmas will be <laughs> spent training for every boxer in Ireland. Yeah. And yeah, they don't think about us. They only think about officials and all that but anyway we won't say about we'll have to do it we'll have to get over it but yeah national championships in January and you don't necessarily have to win them but uh, like they'll be selecting a team after that to go to uh, the Europeans in um, Poland the European Games and that's the first qualifier for the Olympics after that there's a few world championships qualifiers um, but I don't know what dates or whatever yet but um, that's a rough brief of what, what what we're doing now for the next couple of months and um, you know what I'm going to try my best I'll there will be a tough weight at the national championships there'll be world champions at my weight European champions in Ireland alone the, the standard in Ireland is incredible and to be honest whoever wins these championships or whoever gets picked from these championships rather um, will qualify for the Olympics mm-hmm. out of Ireland I can guarantee that and I can I can see if the boxing continues the way it's going and they straighten their show up I could see five women box, boxing at the Olympics this year um, out of Ireland, or sorry, 2024. I can see the five weights qualifying because that's the standard we're at. We are the best country in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to, to, to use a, a terrible pun, I suppose Ireland certainly punches above its weight when it comes to, to to boxing in this country. A lot of that is down to the work that Billy Walsh has put down in the past. Now that that Zor is kind of continuing at the moment, I mean, like a fantastic coach and an incredible person to have in your corner. Hundred percent. Yeah, um, I've worked with one of them for years, and uh, it kills him that I went away and tried to get a career for myself because you know he. <laughs> he just thinks, you know, he, he says, as he says, you know, you have something special and, you know, you just need to work on it a few more percentage and, and you'll be there and you'll get there. And, you know, I, I, I know that I've lost to Olympic champions and split decisions for eventual gold medals. And, and um, I've, you know, if you do look at the Olympic um, medalists from the, from last year's or two years ago in 2021's Olympics, I had beaten a few of the girls on the metal podium, like you know. So yeah. it's been it's been close enough. But you know what? Boxing don't last forever. Although it's shaped my life, and I wouldn't be here without it. I wouldn't be where I am today without it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I I you could get injured in the morning badly, and I I am like that. I'm independent. I'd rather have a career behind me, and uh, I'd like to be doing something um, positive about my life rather than sit back and just train. You know, um, although it's great to be able to do that, but um, no, I I. I like to do things differently. <laughs> exactly. uh, I'll put that to the limits. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing um, how you get on now in the next year. And fingers crossed. Although we've no doubt you're going to qualify for that uh, Irish Olympic team. Christine, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Congratulations on the silver medal and luck will be in touch in, in, in the near future. Thanks very much, Rory. Yeah, always, always a pleasure speaking to Christina Desmond on the Big Red Bench and congratulations to Christina on that superb silver medal and cannot wait to see her represent Ireland at the Olympics. Uh, As I said, I've no doubt she will qualify and make that team. That's it from us. Thank you very much indeed for listening to our show this evening. We're back next Saturday and Sunday at 6pm. Follow us on social media at Big Red Bench. Green and Red, three hours of the best Irish music coming your way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.